ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The fullness of life. In this episode, Eckhart answers questions about conscious manifesting. He says, it's part of our heritage that we have abundance in our lives. Eckhart describes what he calls the fullness of life. He believes the source for fullness is the vast underlying consciousness that is the foundation for everything, which he calls the being dimension. Eckhart says when we are being consciously, we are connected to a source greater than ourselves. He explains when we are freed from the neediness of the ego, we are seeking the light of consciousness and that's when we let go of the struggle. Thank you, everybody. Nice to be with you. Be is the key word. Of course, you cannot not be, but usually you're not aware of being. Usually you're not aware that you are because you're concerned with other things. But the foundation for everything, including, of course, being engaged in creating, manifesting, doing, and so on. The foundation for all that is to be rooted in the being dimension. That's not to be forgotten. It's primary. Being is primary. So to consciously be frees you from the neediness of the ego, it also frees you from fear, the fear that you may not arrive, or the fear that something you have achieved or that you, you have will be taken away from you because you identified with it. The fear of not making it. Am I going to make it? Make what? I don't know. It's an English expression, making it. Now, as you may remember, I assume I mentioned when we started the conscious manifestation course, I mentioned that the a few words by Jesus encapsulate the secret of successful manifestation. And he said, when you pray for anything, believe that you have received it and it will be given to you. That's it. So that already contains the secret of manifestation. The key being, believe that you have received it, not that you will receive it. So 
on the inner plane, it's already a reality. And you feel what otherwise you would look to that thing that you want to achieve, whatever it may be, you look to that as the, that which will give you an enhanced sense of identity, an enhanced sense of being. And of course, nothing that you achieve in this world or attain can for very long satisfy you on that level. So the mistake you make is you look to the world, the world, the world of things, the world of attainment of doing. If you look to the world seeking for something that only the dimension of being can give you. That's why being is primary. And of course, being is inseparable from who you are. So even when we talk about it, it sounds as if there's being and you. No, the essence of who you are, your essential identity is to be the being, the consciousness. So Jesus said, yes, he said, when you pray for anything, believe that you have received it and then it will be given to you. Okay, that's vitally important. It contains the secret of manifestation, but it's not, that is another statement he made that's, that is actually primary to that, more important even than that. And that is, seek only the kingdom of heaven and all the other things that you need will be added onto you, added onto you. So that's the absolutely primary statement. And what is the kingdom of heaven is exactly what I've just been pointing to, the realization of the essence of who you are, which is the unconditioned light of consciousness, the spaciousness. I sometimes call it space consciousness, and the other is the object consciousness. The two dimensions operate, need to operate in your life. Space consciousness happens when the mind becomes still but you don't lose consciousness. In fact, you're more conscious than before, but you're not conscious of anything. You're only conscious of the fact that you are conscious. You're conscious of being conscious, not any object. The light of consciousness shines back upon itself. At this moment, are you able to be conscious that you are conscious, to sense the fact that you are conscious, to sense the presence that you are, that is prior to the person that you are? more fundamental than the person is the is the consciousness the light of consciousness without which there would be no person there would be no thought there would be no emotion there would be no sense perception all these things are possible for a person to exist and a person consists of sense perceptions thoughts and emotions have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. 
like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Every human being, every person the human part of the being consists of a mixture of <laughs> sense perceptions, thoughts, and emotions. Sense perceptions, where you are right now, thoughts, accumulated memories, conditioning of your mind, and so on, and certain feelings associated usually with the, the thoughts or with what's happening around you, emotions. So the how these things are mixed up varies from person to person <laughs> but everybody every every human consists of a mixture of sense perceptions thoughts and emotions that make up you make you as a person you can change things there of course but more fundamental than that is the being prior to the human because you're a human being you're not just human <laughs> you're a human being so the human level is the level of doing, experiencing, attaining, achieving, becoming better at this, becoming good at that, becoming stronger. But also becoming also is not just a positive thing. For a while becoming, you become better at this, more capable stronger, more knowledgeable, until there's a decline in the becoming. <laughs> and then you become older. <laughs> then you become less capable. You can no longer run as fast as you could before. Then you become less physically strong. So there's the becoming goes in one direction of unfolding like a flower, beautiful. And then the becoming turns into the wilting of the flower. And suddenly it dissolves. But there was an animating presence that manifested as the flower briefly. That manifested presence is not subject to time or decay it is timeless because it emanates from the timeless source of all life. That presence that inhabits what we see as the flower briefly, then reappears in another form, another flower appears, another human being. So the on the level of becoming, you have the growth, and then you have the opposite of growth. Usually growth is associated with something positive, 
and the opposite is seen as very extremely undesirable and a kind of disaster <laughs> because you're moving towards losing everything <laughs> including the body <laughs> and of course anybody who is not connected to that which is beyond the level of manifestation of forms will regard the inevitable decline the the so-called negative side of becoming when you become old and weak would regard that as a travesty the most a terrible terrible disaster death let's not talk about it they say let's not we must it's too horrible to talk about says our contemporary world <laughs> says don't mention death it's a kind of taboo because they don't know what to do with it it's so horrible it is so horrible because you're not you haven't found the being within yourself you have not become conscious of it it is not awakened in you so to speak it's always there but you always overlooked it so to not overlook it even in this very moment in this very moment if i stop speaking for a few seconds and you're not thinking about anything as i stop speaking for a few seconds you're simply alert and present well that wasn't so difficult one more time i stop speaking for a moment and you don't need to figure out what i've just said you can't think about it it's not necessary it's too simple to even think about it so there's nothing to think about and you don't need to think about what i'm going to say next what for you don't know i even i don't know what i'm going to say next so there's a cessation of movement of the mind the strange thing is you're fully conscious without remembering who you are as a person without thinking you don't remember who you are but but you know very deeply directly that you are you know it more strongly than when you're thinking about your past and your problems one more time so you are more vitally yourself when you are not engaged in thinking about yourself <laughs> which is the human level which is the person so to be able to step out of being the person and step into the being of you is the point of power because you are then connected to the very power of the universe it's not just in you you're connected to something vast and immeasurable you are an emanation of that and that's why that is the foundation for everything you may want to do on this plane here is very little compared to the depth of who you are the essence of who you are isn't that amazing right now again you can even look around you're fully conscious but you can feel yourself as even as you look around 
you can feel the presence without which you wouldn't be any looking. The light of consciousness that makes the looking possible. So, so what emerges is a very powerful, very alive stillness, one could say. Your stillness means the absence of, on an inner plane, it's the absence of thinking. And you are yourself, but not, not the memorable self, not the, not the person, something much deeper. That self is one with the self of the universe, what in India is called the Brahman. You are this, what you sense is the Atman, which is the inner aspect of the divine. Brahman is, is the transcendent. Uh, they are one, so you can see, you sense in mystical Christianity, it is the Christ in you. In Buddhism, it is the your Buddha nature. It doesn't matter what term you give it. It is beyond terms, beyond concepts. That's the foundation. That is why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the, or everything else is an adding on to. So all manifestation is an adding on to, and it's actually quite, can be quite enjoyable to be in this world where things come to you, or you create things, or you manifest things in your life is quite enjoyable, but only if you do not depend on them for your deep fulfillment and lasting happiness and knowing who you are. If you depend on that, then no matter what you achieve, you're still frustrated and ultimately not happy for very long. So there's nothing wrong with doing things in this world. You are here for a reason. One reason is to engage in this world, to participate in the creativity of the universe, because you're an essential part of the universe. The universe delights in creating continuously. It creates life forms continuously. They have become increasingly complex and gradually more conscious. You can see the history of this planet, how gradually more and more complex life forms developed. The universe delights in creating, so you also can delight in creating and manifesting, but only if you are rooted in the being dimension. If you lose that connectedness, you can never really lose it, but you can, you can if, you, if you don't you don't realize it, it's almost as if you had lost it. So if you lose it, so to speak, then you are lost in the world of doing and becoming. Scary place, because nothing lasts for that long. And you can achieve all kinds of things, even without having that connectedness. Certain things can be achieved, yes, but they won't make you happy. In fact, many things you achieve will probably make you unhappy. <laughs> so. What you don't want is a terrible fate 
is to lose yourself in this world. And to lose yourself in this world, you must first lose yourself in your mind when thinking takes over completely, conditioned thinking, conditioned by your past. And, you, and the thinking that then you take, you, you absorb thoughts from all kinds of places, the media, social media, tweets, <laughs> postings, whatever, and continuously, your mind continuously absorbs thoughts and it takes some thoughts get in there and refuse to go away. And, and some get stuck there like a virus and prolif and take over other thoughts in your mind. And you have, you're, you're lost. You're lost in the world, you're lost in your mind because ultimately the world and your mind are inseparable. And that's a terrible fate to be lost. Even if you have achieved fame and fortune in this world, you're, you're lost there. And then you need something to alleviate the suffering that you feel. So you can take drugs or whatever they do, try another relationship, another marriage, third marriage, fourth marriage, fifth marriage. Some wealthy famous people have done that. Because you can, then you get in your private jet, you're unhappy here. Maybe you'll be happy on another continent. Let's fly there. Let's have a dinner in Paris. <laughs> oh, great, yeah. And then you have the dinner in Paris. And then what now? And you wake up the next morning feeling miserable again. Then you need some other fix. <laughs> Always looking. Where is it? Where am I? Who am I? <laughs> so now we, the foundation is the kingdom of heaven, which is the unconditioned consciousness which is within you. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics, because that's who we are. And then the rest, you can deal with the rest. So never losing sight of this, never as we continue to talk about manifestation, realizing the primary importance of being, of presence, of I am. I am is the first person singular of the verb to be, strangely enough. You don't say I be, you say I am. Why don't you say I be it would make more sense. I don't know how it just happened. English language developed in that way. But the I am is to realize the, the being because you don't, you don't add anything to the fundamental rea realization that you are. If you add something, then again, that's the world of, that's the human level. I am old, middle-aged, young, good-looking, 
not great looking, too thin, too fat, knowledgeable, educated, highly successful, wealthy, poor, Republican, Democrat. <laughs> Let's see uh, some questions. Hello. Hi, Eckhart. I think my question was about language, about sometimes we talk about how we're going to suffer and suffering will come. And um, I resist this a bit and I'm not sure what's why I'm resisting it. Um, some of it is that I know how important language is. And when we hear these things over and over, then I sort of expect them like, OK, then I'm going to suffer. But also, of course, I don't want to deny reality of, like you were saying, the flower blossoms and then, you know, uh, it goes back. So I think my question is just how do you deal with this? And do you still think of suffering as suffering when it comes or is it just a challenge? And sort of how do you negotiate that in terms of language? That's my question. Yes. Thank you. Good question. I would certainly not recommend that you expect to suffer. If I don't believe I ever said it, I hope not. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that you expect to suffer or that you think, oh, it's going to come soon. It's going to come soon. What uh, I may have been talking about is not necessarily that you are going to suffer because that depends on your level of consciousness, whether a challenge that you meet, you transform it into suffering depends on your level of consciousness. I'll come back to that in a, in a minute. It's almost a paradox. It's, it is advisable to focus on the good in this world, the good, and then that part of that, for example, is to live in as, as much as possible in a state of appreciation of the good things in this world every moment, it's sometimes called gratitude. And that could be just gratitude for the beauty of the sky, gratitude for a breeze that you feel on your skin, oh. gratitude for a flower that you look at, gratitude for every manifestation of life, to see the goodness in other humans, even though on the surface they may be good difficult in some ways. Most humans are difficult, that's just so. But there's always something beyond. So it's always to focus on the good, to see the good, the very fact that you're breathing, and not so much uh, to seek the good in a narrative that you have in your mind. And for example, to say, well, my, my life is actually not that bad. I should be happy because there are millions of people who have less than I have and they are more miserable. No, that's not how you seek the good. To, to create a narrative about your life to make you feel better and compare this narrative that you call my life to millions of others whose, whose, whose lives are less happy than yours is not the best way of discovering the goodness because then the your your fragile happiness then depends on others being more, more miserable than you. 
<laughs> so the goodness is found in, in the immediacy of the, your experience of the present moment, that you acknowledge all the goodness that's around you at, at any time. Just gratitude for the aliveness of the world. So that's to look for, that's all great. Positive thinking is a good thing. Ultimately, the best is to transcend thinking. <laughs> but in the meantime, positive thinking is more powerful and fulfilling than negative thinking. However, no matter how much you, how much gratitude you have for the good things, how much you create and manifest, and that's all beautiful. All I'm saying is you need to know that we live in the world of polarities and it is inevitable that at some point in your life or various points in your life, you will experience some kind of disruption or loss or limitation. Suddenly something will happen to disrupt what your life was going well and suddenly something comes in to disrupt this lovely flow of your life, either on a small scale, on a small scale, a disruption would be you, uh, you, you get held up on your way to the airport, you lose your flight, can't get another flight, small disruption. <laughs> life is full of little things that go wrong, so to speak, and then other things that go right. And then inevitably, big disruptions will sometimes come into your life, great loss, loss of possessions, loss of your social function in this world, your job, loss of a loved one, loss of an, an animal that you lived with, or loss will come in also. And it is inevitable. Now, you can know that without expecting it to happen. You know it's bound to happen at some point. Nevertheless, you focus on the good. But when it happens, it's your, your recognition that this is part of the polarities of life is very important because otherwise your reaction to the disruption or the loss or the sudden limitation that has come into your life, your reaction is what creates the suffering. Your, and your reaction, is, if it, your reaction is based on the unconscious assumption that these things, that there's something drastically wrong, that these things should never have happened, that you have done something wrong or the world has done something wrong to you. So then the assumption that there's something fundamentally wrong when you experience loss disruption or whatever it may be. Like I often hear stories of people who are, let's say they're Christians and they are they they go to church on Sundays and they are believers. And then something suddenly happens in their life, a loved one suddenly dies, or they're they're in a serious accident. And often some of these people, some are fine, they may have gone deeper, but some suddenly doubt their whole face is suddenly in doubt. They thought they had some kind of contract with God. If I go to church and I observe all these, the prayers and, and, and rituals, then that's 
our contact is that you you God, it is your responsibility, God, to, to protect me and to make my life safe. The key word these days, people are very much concerned with safe. Even before the virus, there was a very much a growing concern with safe. Behind that, of course, is hiding fear and anxiety, because if you put a lot of emphasis on, on feeling safe, hiding behind that need to be safe is fear, obviously. And why is there fear? Because you're not connected with the depths of who you are. So you don't expect to suffer. You don't even you don't expect that something should go wrong. It comes at some point. You know at some point it'll come. It's inevitable. And not only one thing, probably a few, but you then once it, it arises, a limitation suddenly arises, a disruption arises as with the, the virus, millions of people suddenly experience a disruption of their normal everyday life. Just as often these things happen to one person, but sometimes they happen to millions of people at the same time. Very interesting. And, and so some people went into deep suffering, of course, also depended on whether they experienced a loss of livelihood and income, as many people did, others didn't, but that's another story. When it comes to recognize it as the inevitable polarities of life, and you no longer believe this should not be happening. It should not, not have happened. So there's this resentment that people otherwise have when things go wrong, so to speak, in their lives. They have this resentment, they have this anger, or they have a feeling of guilt. Resentment towards life, anger. Why should this happen to me, me of all people? Or guilt, I have done something wrong. I'm so I'm spiritual and now this has happened to me this I've done something very wrong. <laughs> so th these are normal reactions, because you don't know that every human has to experience these from time to time. And not only that, for many humans, all humans, I would say, if they did not experience disruption, loss or limitation in their lives, they, they, there would be no evolution of their consciousness. They would yeah. remain static. Not only would they remain static, they would actually regress. If you could imagine a person uh, going through life, never experiencing any particular limitation, disruption or loss, everything is given to him or her, it's all fine, it's protected, feels really safe. <laughs> and no, no real challenge. Uh, how this person is going to not only remain static, this person will gradually go to sleep. Yeah, it's like the sleeping. Level of consciousness will go lower and lower until he just, if he lives, he might he might live in a beautiful place on beautiful island with palm trees. Everything is there, and goes to the beach every day. And then after a few years, that's all there is, is the beach every day, drinking, eating, sex, sensory pleasures, everything beautiful. I'm always healthy. 
no growth of no evolutionary growth because evolutionary growth happens as a response to a challenge and a challenge usually means something must go wrong to use conventional terms so it's not only it's, it's, it's something that is inevitable it is something that is absolutely necessary for human evolution this what i now call here disruption loss limitation is not only inevitable from time to time the other is also there the other polarity yes it is inevitable and it is absolutely necessary for evolution and once you recognize that there's no longer anger resentment or guilt when these things do appear in your life you can immediately come to an acceptance of this and recognize it for what it is and you say ah oh, there it is and it may be an opportunity for becoming more conscious because you have to, because if you don't become more conscious in a challenge, more present, you suffer. You become very unhappy when you experience disruption, loss or limitation. The normal reaction is you, you, you suffer, you become very unhappy. So what I said is resentment, anger, guilt they're all forms of unhappiness when and so then these things this is what suffering is this is when these things make you suffer when you have an antagonistic relationship with when it comes to you loss limitation or disruption you have an antagonist you're you're you're, you're fighting it you can and you, you beat yourself up or you complain can't stop complaining in your mind all that is suffering it's called suffering suffering is a psychological thing that happens when certain things take place in your life and sometimes not only not just things that happen externally many people suffer because they have scenarios only in their mind in their mind at at four o'clock in the morning in bed they wake up and in their mind, they experience a scenario of loss. They experience limit, sudden limitation. They experience a disruption of their life that could happen or probably will happen next year or next week. This will happen. So the suffering is not only when things you experience things externally, some suffering arises when you experience things in your mind, very often things that are not actually happening now, but your mind is creating a scenario and that makes you suffer. And ultimately it's all, your mind is the key even uh, as far as external things are concerned, because in any situation, uh, when you feel unhappy about something, you, or you feel angry or you feel irritated, or whatever it may be, uh, in any situation, I, I often recommend that as a spiritual practice, start with little things, not so much with big things, little loss, little disruption, and little limitation. And you feel irritated, angry, resentful, you have self-talk, how awful this is, how these people, how awful they are. Uh, what a little spiritual practice is, ask yourself, how would I experience this moment 
or this situation, how would I experience this if I did not add any thought to it? If I did not add any mental interpretation, good or bad, how would I experience this without the adding of thoughts to it? And this is a wonderful spiritual practice. Uh, it's good to do it with little things first. So suddenly, let's say you lose something or, or something goes wrong. You had made plans, but then everything gets disrupted because there's another lockdown, whatever. Uh, how would, and you get frustrated and angry. And how would I experience the situation if I didn't add any thought to it? If I just let it be as it is? Let's assume there's nothing you can do right now. If you could take action to remedy something, that's fine. But in many situations, there's not nothing you can do right now. Now, I'm just not adding any thought just as an experiment. How would I experience this moment without the addition of thought? And then you'd suddenly, for a moment, thought becomes removed, and there's the, there's the bare situation there. Oh, it's, that's, that's what is right now. That's the isness of this moment. And then you see that suffering arises when you cannot accept the isness of this moment, whatever it is here. Uh, and that's an enormous insight. The, the acceptance of the isness of this is the end of suffering. And the acceptance of the isness brings about the arising of presence, intense presence. And this is how a challenge can make you more conscious, if approached rightly. If approached rightly, a challenge will awaken you, and another challenge will awaken you even more. And that's the, so challenges continue to come, but now, when you realize this secret, you don't suffer anymore. That's the end of suffering, as the Buddha called it. And that's the beauty of it. So uh, it makes sense to you? Yeah, this, thank you. That was, uh, I had an aha moment. I think the resistance is that, um, yeah, I'm not in the being. So when you're in the being, it doesn't matter what you call any of it. Yeah, I mean... So, yes, thank you. I mean, yeah. thank you for many things, but thank you for that, too. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to talk to you. Since the moment of, of my surrender, I was able to feel a peace and unhappiness that I never have in my life. I feel the joy of being, but not in an enthusiastic way, nor in an exuberant way very peaceful, very soft. So at the moment I'm, I'm doing the manifestation, I'm trying to manifest something that I want in my life. But my question is, is it possible when, I, when I'm doing the manifestation, I'm, I'm, I, I feel that it's coming. But anyway, my question is, all that I feel is so soft and subtle is it possible that I am, I am actually doing it, that is coming? And then I want to ask you, if it is coming, it's a bit difficult not to be waiting for it to, to manifest. 
So I would like if you can expand a little bit about that, how to manage not to be thinking all the time, when this happened, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Yes, yes. It's good to not uh, involve too much future thinking when you are in the process of manifesting. If, if possible, remove future as, or as, as much as possible remove future. In other words, you're not looking forward to something because the thing that you want to manifest is already here. Now that requires, as Jesus said, believe that you have received it. That means that is already reality now. So the, the power of manifestation arises from the now. The point of power is the now. It arises from that point of power. Now, the question, of course, is how can you believe that, that you have received it when obviously you haven't? <laughs> and that is connected with the realization of being because when you become still and present, for example, now, still, present, you can sense that you are the beings of you, the consciousness. Mm -hmm. You can sense that. And as you go into it more deeply, it is timeless, but it emerges in the dimension of time. So it's a little bit paradoxical. The, the presence grows in you. The realization of presence, it deepens, it grows on this level. In itself, it's timeless, but it gradually manifests more fully in this dimension, it comes more fully into this dimension through you. That's where you find what, again, coming back to Jesus, he said so many good things. The fullness of life, he used those terms. He said, I want you to have the fullness of life. In some translations of the Bible, it's translated as, I want you to have abundant life. I would say fullness is probably, might, would be better translation. So I want you to, he said, I want you to have the fullness of life. So that he was there to point people to the realization of the fullness of life, which is the realization of being. Anything that you may want to achieve on this outer level here of manifestation, this dimension, the enjoyment that it would give you the sense of satisfaction that it would give you when you achieve it, it can only really arise from the, the fullness of life that is already within you now. And it is probably true to say that when you achieve something like, let's just say a nicer home or a nice house to live in or whatever it may be, and you and suddenly it comes. Suddenly there it is. 
And at first you feel, ah, oh, you can actually feel the fullness of life in that moment. And you think it's because of that house. But really you feel the fullness of life in that moment because a mind form that was the desire that told you that I need that thing to be happy, the desire for it, which prevented you from being from feeling the fullness of life, suddenly the desire is fulfilled. Suddenly there is an absence of that big desire that you have the reaching out, the longing, I must have that, I want that, that suddenly because inside, suddenly you have it, suddenly it's there and you feel at first this, oh, some people get, oh, such joy. So, yeah, there's that house. Is that, does that house call the cause that it seems to be the case that the house is the cause of your joy? But I would suggest to you that the true cause of that joy is the collapse of the wanting and needing that collapsed and suddenly you don't want and need it anymore because it's there. And as the wanting and needing collapses, you can sense what was always already there, the fullness of life that is within you now. <laughs> Your mind deceived you. It said you will get it through this, that or the other. <laughs> and this is why sometimes when just when people first attain something, they feel so happy, such joy. <laughs> no, not because of that thing, because of the collapse of the wanting and needing and grasping. So you need to go there directly instead of continuously experiencing because that house is not the end of it because this, the structure in your mind, your egoic mind that says, now what's the next thing that I need will come back in very quickly even after you get that big nice house. The mind structure that, pre that prevents you from enjoying this for very long, that state of no desire, the egoic mind lives through desires, through wanting, through needing, wanting, needing more, because you haven't found yourself. You are somehow, ultimately, you're looking for your, for yourself, which is the fullness of life, is the fullness of realizing who you are beyond the person. And then the whole story, the whole thing starts again. The game starts again. First it was the house, and then it's something else that suddenly comes in. Now you need a, you need a spouse to go with it. It needs to be just right for that house, whatever the ego tells you. <laughs> and the soap opera continues indefinitely with brief interludes of joy and happiness when you obtain something and then, oh, that wasn't it. So to not to look to the future, but to be rooted in the present, nothing that you achieve can actually provide you with that deep sense of with that fullness of life that you can already feel when you become still and present enough and you become conscious of yourself as consciousness. That's the fullness of life. This thing can if you bring an image of something that you want to achieve, 
so to speak, a mental image, let's say it's a house, you bring the mental image into that sense of for the fullness of life now, the kind of the two come together. Then you, you can continue to feel the fullness of life and then you feel the house is actually already had there because the house is the fullness of life in my mind. <laughs> That's a very powerful manifestation. This is what Jesus meant believe that you have you already have it that you have received it already but you can only do that when when you know the kingdom of heaven within you from there you can that's where the belief the faith arises belief is you don't that you don't need the house for your fulfillment it's an adding on that's the most powerful place for manifestation is to realize whatever you manifest is a the game of creation, the game of form, the universe delights in creating and so do you. And so you delight in that, but you don't need it for your fulfillment. You don't need it for your happiness, the, your sense of being fully yourself. People want a completion. Many people are looking for an identity, a stronger sense of identity through achieving this, they think when I get recognition, other people recognize my worth or worthiness, then I will feel fulfilled. <laughs> Many people, be, and, and some people believe youngsters, especially with, who growing up with the social media and so on, <laughs> they find their fulfillment in how many likes they get in their, on their posts. <laughs> people would, and then you project an artificial image searching for more likes and you get totally alienated from yourself because you're projecting some kind of image onto the screen and you send it out into the world and you think that's you. And then you get thousands of likes and then the ego feels better, but underneath it, you feel worse because the more and more you project yourself into this, it's all, it's nothing, nothing to do with who you are. In many cases, even the photos that you post are so heavily photoshopped and so, so much filter use, you become almost unrecognizable. The, the people who, who sent you all their likes, they wouldn't even recognize you in the street. <laughs> this is just a little aside of how crazy this world is. <laughs> so the fullness of life does not come in time in the future and the fullness of life is what for for to be a powerful manifester is only be when you when you manifest from the feeling of fullness you bring a mental image into it and then it's quite likely that it will manifest so you because the, if the fullness of life is associated then with that mental image and when it happens and it you get it you say oh very nice but you no longer go, yeah, I've got it. So it's, you say, it's nice, it's great, yeah. But basically it hasn't made you happy because you already had something that was actually deeper than happiness. I am already happy, yes. Right, exactly, yes. So that's the, that's the secret, remove future of looking to when to change something. Also 
when if you use affirmations or visualizations, as many people do, you use it for a certain period of time every day, maybe twice a day for 10 minutes, and then let it go. Let uh, what you're not use, let it go. And after use it for a week or so, let it go for a little while, let it go for a few days so that you get rid of the notion that, that you are doing it. You're not doing it. It, you, you, the universe can make it happen, but you are not doing it as such. So you, it's the sense of surrender. And it's easier to do when you're no longer dominated by the egoic mind that, that says, I need this. I need it to be happy. I need it to be fulfilled. Uh, so it's, I wish you well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Very clear. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.